Let me ask you here today, what punctuation mark really describes your life? Maybe it's the question mark. After all, life is full of questions. We ask these questions all the time. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do the righteous suffer? Why in the world do we park on driveways and drive on parkways? Life is full of these kinds of mysteries. And it's only natural that we go in search of an answer, seeking a solution to those dilemmas in life. But at the end of the day, I bet you really don't want your life marked with a question mark. Wouldn't it be sad and really bad if the most vivid memories of your life were that you were a person that just kind of stammered around and was always asking questions, always wondering what was going to happen. Why don't you clean up after yourself? When is this societal conflict going to end? How are we going to pay for this? Where is the remote? <laughs> Wouldn't it be kind of bad if your life was just one big question mark? No certainty at all. What about a comma? Sometimes our lives are characterized by commas. And i got to tell you today, I have to confess, I really don't want my life to be marked with a big comma. And, you know, just kind of like that great big comma, well, Pastor Tim, you're always going here and you're always going there. How in the world was he able to pack so much into the sentence of his life? And isn't it true sometimes that our life is so busy, so fragmented on getting to the next thing that our life is characterized by one big run-on sentence? And I don't bet you don't want that either. You can become known as always looking for the next rung, always trying to move up the ladder, always out of gas, always wanting more. But our lives also can be characterized by a big period. Now, yes, we need those times in our life where we take a pause for a moment, have a time of refreshment, a time of renewal, that's for sure. But you know, it's tragic when life is overly marked by them. And maybe you know somebody who had something very painful happen in their life. And for them, it seemed like their life was over. And they were just not able to get past it. That great big period went down somewhere on their page, and they were not able to carry on. They were not able to write another sentence, maybe even carry on to a paragraph, let alone go into the next chapter of their life. And they live in the past. They're in prison, can't shake it, focused on the storyline behind them. And I just wonder today, what punctuation mark really characterizes your life? These marks are all in our life, but if you think about it, what really underlies all of these kinds of marks in our life is some element of discontent, some type of dissatisfaction, some type of moment in time that really 
affected us. I don't have answers for what I'm looking for. Why, God? Why this? Why that? I don't have what I'm supposed to have, so I keep going and going and going and going and going and going and going. I don't have the life I used to have. It's over. Period. It's so easy to get caught up in any of these really discontented places. And I got to tell you, that's especially true in America right now. The refrain of anxiety is everywhere. And that's why I want to challenge you here today to make a choice, a conscious decision to punctuate the storyline of your life with a great big exclamation point that is Thanksgiving. To be grateful people, to be thankful. Now on Thursday, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving. And you know, I find the irony of this is that on Thanksgiving Day, we seem to do very little Thanksgiving. We're busy doing so many things. We're busy preparing, cooking, eating, entertaining, talking to friends, watching football, all kinds of things that we're doing and especially going through those big ads in the paper trying to figure out where we're going to go next on Black Friday. And the only thing that we really tend to do on Thanksgiving is one person before the big meal offers a 30-second prayer. I want to help us think differently today about how we can be thankful people all the time. You know, the Bible says there are four ways, four specific things that we can do to give thanks to God. One is that we can sing. Uh, Psalm 147 speaks about this. In fact, we find it repeatedly in the Bible. Sing out your praise and thanks to God. Sing praises to God. You know, nothing makes you aware of God's presence like singing. I don't know what it is, but singing can really change your attitude. When you sing praise to God, you sense his presence perhaps like no other time. Singing just ushers you into the presence of God. Now, I know some of you are thinking today, well, pastor, I can't sing. Well, I got good news for you. You don't have to. The Bible says just make a joyful noise, and we can all do that. Even the pigs do that when they're eating. <laughs> and like I told you before, I'm a prison singer. I'm always a few bars behind. Never can find the key. Maybe you're like that. But you don't have to worry about it. You have a voice that should be cultivated and used for the Lord. And the Bible says make a joyful noise. I heard one time a psychologist who talked about the people that came to him with anxiety and depression. He would often ask them, did you go to church on Sunday and sing the hymns? And oftentimes they would say, no, I haven't been to church in a while. And they would say, well, go to church and start singing. There's something about music that elevates the soul. There's something about singing our thanks unto God. And that's what the Bible says we are to do, to sing our thanks to the Lord. A second thing that we can do that the Bible speaks about is to pray. And of course, I don't have to tell you how many scriptures there are in the Bible that have to do with us praying. And we can give our thanks to God through prayer. Many places speak of this. Psalm 105, give thanks to the Lord and pray to him. Or maybe that text that we just shared a couple of weeks ago there in our all-in study where 
Paul there in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, he says, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. That's one of the most difficult commandments in the Bible to follow, isn't it? To stop worrying. But the answer here is the second part of that verse, pray about everything. And if you do the second part of the verse, the first part's easy, isn't it? If you would pray as much as you worry, then you'd have a whole lot less to worry about. God says to pray, to pray without ceasing and to give him thanks. The Bible says that we are to pray with gratitude and pray with thanksgiving. Now, you know, if you're a parent and your child is constantly coming to you, always asking for this, mom, I want this, mom, I want that, dad, give me this, give me that, and they never in any way show any kind of appreciation, you know, that's kind of a, a something there that, probably bothers you deep down. And you know, like manner of God is the same way, I believe, that God wants us to make our requests known unto him and to express to him our thanksgiving, to give the Lord thanks. But not only is it prayer and not only is it singing that is a way that we can give our thanks unto God, a third way that we can give our thanks to the Lord is by giving. And do you know that? By giving, the Bible says, give an offering to show thanks to God. Give him what you promised. Or as Paul was talking and writing there to the people at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 9-11, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Giving thanks to God. I saw a bumper sticker here some time ago, and it said, love Jesus tithe, any fool can honk. Well, the Bible says that thanks and giving go together. And we express our thanks by our giving to God. Now, in the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy, this is interesting because the Bible says there, celebrate the harvest festival to honor the Lord your God by bringing him a free will offering in proportion to the blessing that he has given to you. Now, as you know, about 350 years ago or so, the pilgrims, they set aside a day in the fall as a day of Thanksgiving. And that's what we observe today as this national holiday as Thanksgiving. But you see, it was already 3,000 years before that that God told the people of Israel, I want you to set aside a day in the fall. And they call it the Feast of Weeks or the Harvest Festival. And they said, I want you, the Bible says, to bring your offering unto me and express your thanks to God. And they did that 3,000 years before the pilgrims did it. And we have done just that here recently, have we not, in our church, in this all-in series that we had just a couple weeks ago. What a blessing. We came together during this all-in series sacrificially to say we want this place to reach out and make a great impact for your glory, oh God. We want to change lives. We want to help families. We want to feed the poor. We want to reach out to those that are struggling and let them know the hope of Jesus Christ. Give unto the Lord. And notice we didn't give out of a grudge. We didn't give uh, out of any pressure. We didn't give because somebody forced us to. We didn't give because of any prosperity gospel kind of preaching. We didn't give with a reluctant heart, but we gave cheerfully. Our giving was the result of our thanks unto the Lord. 
But there's a fourth thing that I want to call your attention to, and especially with this wonderful text that we have just read today out of Acts 16. Not only can we sing our thanks to God, and by giving, give our thanks to the Lord, and also praying, but another very important piece of our thanksgiving is your testimony. Your testimony. Thank the Lord, the Old Testament said in the book of Isaiah, and tell the world about his wondrous love. A testimony is not what the lawyers do. A testimony is what the witness does. A witness to what they have seen. It's not to pressure a decision. It's not to change any kind of vote. But it's just to witness, to testify to what they have observed. What they have just experienced. You're just saying, this is what I saw. And nobody can give your testimony but you. You are the authority of your life, and nobody else is the authority of, of your life. You are, and if you don't give a testimony about how God has worked in your life, nobody else is going to. And God says that one of the ways we give thanks back to God is by telling other people about God's wondrous work in our lives. Again, the Bible says in Deuteronomy, be very careful to never forget what you've seen God doing for you. May the miracles have a deep and permanent effect upon your life. The problem is oftentimes we soon forget how God has worked in our life, and that's why we start worrying, because we forget the blessings of God. We're told, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ, giving thanks unto the Lord. Now, Acts 16 is a wonderful and very powerful text, if you stop and think about it, how God worked in these two, their lives. Here in Acts 16, it tells us about Paul and Silas, these two great preachers, and they went in the town there at Philippi, and they began to, to share and talk, and the people didn't like what they were saying, so they started picking up stones and throwing stones at them. No doubt they were wounded and hurt, and then they were drugged into prison and weren't even charged for a crime. And they were bound, and the Bible says it was even there at midnight, it was dark. It must have been a stinking, foul prison. Probably rats and other things, fleas. And all of a sudden, these two guys, instead of complaining, they break out in song. And they're praying. And they're giving God thanks. And God does this incredible thing right there. The Bible indicates to us there along midnight, this miracle takes place. And in the middle of their circumstance, the Bible says God sent this miraculous earthquake. And it really shook so heavily that all the doors of that prison flung open and all of their chains were loosened. And the guy that was in charge of it all, the jailer, couldn't believe it. He was a Roman. He saw this and everything happening. And... And the whole thing really got to him so badly, maybe one of those great big periods in his life that he was going to commit suicide right there. And surely when those 
who are in authority find out that these prisoners are all broken out, they're going to have my life. Paul saw what was going on. The scripture says that just before he killed himself, he said, hold on. We're still here. We haven't left you. We're just praising God. We're giving God thanks. And the soldier said, well, what kind of prisoner are you to be in this situation, in this dire circumstance, and you are giving God thanks? And they shared their story. They testified to the man about God's wonderful gifts and blessing in their lives. And the man became a believer right on the spot. In fact, it says he... He took Paul and Silas back to his home and tended to his wounds and the rest of the family woke up and they heard the testimony and they became believers and the whole household was baptized because of these guys' testimony. Now Thanksgiving, as an exclamation point, it has the power to set you free. It has the power to set you free from any prison you may be in. Maybe you're in an emotional prison today. Maybe it's anger or fear or worry or anxiety. Maybe it's a financial prison that you are in bondage to some type of debt or some situation and you need freedom. Maybe it is a relational prison. What prison are you in today? What period has stopped your life? What kind of commas just keeps you going? And you can't find contentment? What kind of question keeps you up at night? Thanksgiving has the power, friends, to set you free. And if you will start thanking God in the situation before it's finished, before it's resolved, before the problem is even gone out of your life, God sees that and sends his power from heaven and begins to do things incredible in your life. So here's my challenge to you this week. Is when you go to your Thanksgiving table, share that exclamation point of gratitude to God. For the gift of life, for the people you love, for the people who love you, for the models and mentors in your life, for your abilities and your resources, all the incredible provisions. In fact, for whatever else comes to mind, pour your heart out to God in great thanksgiving. And break free and give thanks to God, for he is good and his love endures forever. Shall we pray? Oh, holy God, we do give you thanks today from the depths of our heart. It's so easy to get our eyes and attention on so many other things, things that seem to be wrong, things that seem to have happened that we can't make sense out of, things that we don't seem to have anymore, problems, debt, stress. But help us to pause and just realize truly how much you have blessed our lives. And in this season of Thanksgiving, may it not just be a single day, but may it become a lifestyle for all of us, a lifestyle of thanks living unto you. 
We pray and ask this in the name of Christ our Savior. Amen.